podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to Irish Illustrated International. JP McGrath and reporter Len Clark here. And Len, it finally feels like after two weeks of co- uh, after two weeks of craziness in college football with coaches leaving, transfers, conference championship weekend and an early signing period, we're finally returning to some normality in college football. Uh, of course, Notre Dame take on Oklahoma State and the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl on New Year's Day. We'll be back later this week, hopefully, to preview that one. But still a lot of Irish news regarding opt-outs, transfers and, transfers, and of course, the, the impact of Marcus Freeman's hire as the new head coach of Notre Dame football on that early signing period uh, for high school prospects. And we will in, uh, update all of our international audience on that. But Len, I think we'll start off with the confirmed opt-outs, uh, running back Karen Williams, and Kyle Hamilton both announcing in the past few weeks that they'll be foregoing their senior seasons and declaring for the NFL draft, of course, two integral members of both the Irish squad from from this year and from last year. Uh, what were your thoughts on their decisions to opt out of the Fiesta Bowl? And uh, how deep do you think that impact will be on this uh, squad heading into that last game of the year, Len? Well, Merry Christmas to you, JP. And has it been two and a half weeks? It's been, it's been a whole season in two and a half weeks, but yeah, a lot to talk about. But yes, Kyron Williams and Kyle Hamilton will not play in the Fiesta Bowl. This is something that does not really shock us. Uh, Hamilton has been out since being injured in the USC game. There was talk about him coming back and finishing out his career, but he's projected to be a first round draft choice and really didn't want to put that into jeopardy. Kyron Williams, when we talked to him on the the press conference they had to announce Marcus Freeman as coach. We talked to him and we asked him if he would play and he gave every indication that he was. So he had to consult with his family and some other advisors and decided it was best for him to um, not play in the Fiesta Bowl to avoid being injured. And the, the life of an NFL running back is just a couple of years. And so we knew it could happen. It's not surprising, but you do lead, leave some of that leadership. And uh, it, it remains to be seen if they'll actually go out there and be with the team to kind of serve as quasi-coaches. But right now we do know that they will not play. The Fighting Irish are in practice mode for the next couple of days before going home for the holidays uh, to prepare for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And uh, we met with the offense today. Everything seems to be a go. There's a different feeling under coach Marcus Freeman. There's more competitiveness. And we talk with Braden Lenz and he goes, Hey, we go out there and we hit, we're competitive. And it's, it brings us back to the love of the game. And so, you know, we'll talk more about that JP. And then what a great week for Notre Dame recruiting the seventh best class in the nation and 21 commits and only three were lost considering all the transition going on. So uh, a lot to talk about in that area as well. Yeah, I think you said it there when you uh, marked on the uh, the impact of Kyron and Kyle. It's, it's that leadership. These are, these are two captains, two uh, presences in both the locker room and in the field. Uh, we saw after Kyle Hamilton was injured after the USD game, he had a headset in, right? He was, he was almost like a, an advisor to the uh, defensive coordinators, the safeties, and you are kind of more worried about that safety drop-off because, as you said, Kyle Hamilton's a, a top-10 draft pick, and uh, you suspect guys like Ramon Henderson and DJ Brown will occupy those two safety spots. I'm not so worried about the running back room, and 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 that's that seems like a quite uh, awkward thing to say because Kyron's been a fantastic leader, especially in the big games, but you've got guys like 
Audrey Bestemy and Logan Diggs that came on late. And you've got Chris Tyree, who it feels like we haven't spoken enough about this year. He's still an excellent running back. So I'm still totally confident in the running back room. And, and then I feel like some fans, especially some fans of the older generations, will feel like, well, it's a, it's a big bowl game, right? Should you be foregoing that? But I always think back to Jalen Smith. Um, how he busted up that knee in the Ohio State game. I believe it was the Fiesta Bowl game as well. And look at Jalen Smith now, you know, unfortunately was released by the Cowboys, has bounced around the Packers. I believe he signed with the New York Giants today, but he was such a fantastic player. And you do run that risk uh, of playing in bowl games and that can cost you millions of dollars and and places on NFL teams. So I completely respect those guys' decisions. They've been fantastic players in this program. And like you said, Len, we're recruiting those new players in that early signing day and, this is the most crucial factor for me. If you look at um, the, 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 the college football programs with head, head coaches turnovers like the, the Oregons, the Oklahomas, for Notre Dame to only lose two players in National Signing Day, as you said, three players overall, and finish with a number seven class after losing a head coach of 12 years. I mean, does that not speak to the strength of this culture that this is built? And I mean, what a week for the Irish. Although there's no slashy signing day uh, signees that they might like to get their stuff done before, I mean, how amazing is that, Lenny? When you can, when you, when, when you consider how badly the likes of Oklahoma were affected by their coach leaving. Well, I think three things come to mind. First is that the student athletes want to come to Notre Dame. Notre Dame sells itself. The second point is Marcus Freeman is a heck of a recruiter. Logged over eight thousand miles, tried to see as many of the recruits as possible to try to get them to come to the University of Notre Dame. But a lot of them said, hey, we're coming to Notre Dame anyway. That's where we want to go to school. And when you come to Notre Dame, it's not a four-year, uh, it's not just four years, it's a 40-year commitment. That's what they talk about. And that's part of the culture of Notre Dame. And then, and then the third one is, I, thought I, I had a third point in my head there, JB, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I think the players that decommitted, they weren't the right fit. And, you know, there was some reporting with our colleagues at Irish Illustrated. NIL might have had something to do. One of the flips over to the University of Michigan. And, you know, these players haven't even done anything on this campus yet. So I don't look at it as losing anything. They were never here to begin with. But, yeah, yeah is it a blow to the ego? Yeah. Anytime you, use a, you lose a caliber athlete like that. But, hey, who knows, they might have entered the portal uh, to transfer in a couple of years anyways. But Notre Dame is just not the right fit for some people. But it seems like with this culture, they're identifying the players that will come in and continue that legacy. And so I don't cry about the three or the two that decommitted. It's about the players that are going to come in to continue the legacy and to continue the culture under Coach Marcus Freeman. Yeah, I mean, uh, we saw this week the impact of NIL deals and the transfer portal, but Notre Dame is an institution that completely overrides all of these new um, uh, trends in college football because guys come here that they want to go here. Uh, Marcus Freeman and uh, and guys like Michael and Maurice are the, um, the the highest recruit of his recruiting class, James Sneed. He's a guy from South Carolina. I mean, when do you see Notre Dame going go, uh, going after guys like him? He wanted to come here because he believes in the culture, and you want to get guys here that believe in this university. This institution, both academically successful and determined and, and, and determined on that factor, as well as the football program, because I think guys that like, uh, the number one quarterback from last year's class, Quinn Ewers, who, who went to Ohio State, wrote the bench for a year, made over a million bucks, and then transferred out of there to Texas. I'm sorry, but if that's the way the college football is heading, I'm happy with getting a number seven recruiting class. And by the way, Notre Dame fans, in 2023, at the moment, that class is number two overall and only scheduled to go up with some 
with some great players. But we'll talk about this early signing day. It's a, it's a crazy period. The official signing day, I believe, is in February, Len, early signing day. And of course, you think you just lost the coach, right? You should be losing loads of commitments. That wasn't the same for Notre Dame. And of course, they could have made some splashy signings, but they got some crucial guys locked up a few weeks before, the likes of Emil Wagner. Notre Dame didn't seem like they were in the um, in the hunt for him. It seemed like Kentucky was going for him. Emil Wagner, a top offensive tackle prospect, commits to Notre Dame. Billy Shroud, right out of Wisconsin, one of the best interior offensive line players, commits to Notre Dame. So I understand maybe it can seem, oh, well, National Signing Day, we didn't get a guy to commit, but these guys have already been committed before National Signing Day. Uh, if you look at the two most, um, uh, uh, the, two, the two best tools, offensive line and linebacker, I mean, five offensive linemen and a, a five-star linebacker and three other linebackers, four stars, all nine of these guys are all Americans. It's, <laughs> the talent level here, Len, is just incredible. And I'm really looking forward to seeing these guys in the field. And one of the positions that they really need to get uh, some depth in is wide receiver. And they went out and got uh, Merriweather out of Vancouver, Washington. That is a big big hire for the, the fighting Irish. Uh, but JP, the sense that I'm getting is, is back in the, the, the 60s, you know, Notre Dame, players wanted to come to Notre Dame. After the Lou Holtz era, you started losing a lot of the recruits to the, the warm weather schools. It's starting to shift now. And I think that's where culture really eats strategy for lunch is it's becoming a, a destination once again. Players aren't going to the warm spot or they're, they're coming here because they want to be a part of something. It's, it's about a team and not individual anymore. And I think that's uh, the selling point that I see a real positive uh, with the coaching change and continuing that culture. So a lot of positives right now. I think uh, the Marcus Freeman era needs to get off with a win to really kind of put some of the naysayers and the doubters away. But I know that uh, the practices have been very intense and they're very focused and the players, especially the ones leaving the program, want to end this season on a 12-1 and record and, more importantly, kick off that Marcus Freeman tenure with a win. Yeah, I think you said it there, Len, right? I mean, we've seen it this year with those big recruiting weekends against the likes of USC and North Carolina. Notre Dame is definitely adapting to this environment that college, uh, that high school prospects are in, the, the lights-out shows, the heavy recruiting weekends. We saw those amazing um, uh, videos put up by the media department when these guys signed on National Signing Day. These are things that we maybe think Notre Dame wouldn't have done two, three, four years ago. We can see this adaption. We, all, we saw it last year with Brian Kelly, but you can just understand that Marcus Freeman is going to bring this to another level. And I understand um, Notre Dame fans would be quite upset, of course, National Signing Day losing two uh, recruits at both the wide, wide receiver position. Hey, listen, this is college football, right? CJ Williams is a Southern California guy. You've got Lincoln Riley coming in. He looks like he's leaning towards USC. And of course, Amorian Walker uh, committing to Michigan. Listen, that's going to hurt. I think it hurts more by knowing that that wide receiver position is quite weak. Um, even if guys like Kevin Austin comes back, I think you've only got seven scholarship receivers. But I don't think Marcus Freeman is under any illusion that this wide receiver, both recruiting and positional wise, needs to be updated. I think that's why he reached out to guys like Brian Hartline, the wide receiver coach at Ohio State. I have no no reservations about this uh, coaching staff. The fact that they were able to keep so many of those players after losing a coach is remarkable when I look at how much Oklahoma was decimated. And you said it at the end there, um, at the end there Len. Um, if you win that game against Oklahoma State heading into next year, you are the hottest team in the country. 
Um, you can see it with the way the analysts are reviewing Notre Dame fans. I mean, I couldn't believe after the Oklahoma State game, I think I've said this in another podcast, but an analyst said, America wants Notre Dame to get into the playoffs. <laughs> it just shows you that this shift led. It's, I mean, you can probably attribute it more as a, as a fan who lived through the Lou Holtz years and those um, dominant years. When have you ever heard an analyst say that before? There's a momentum behind this program that I think an early signing period isn't going to knock it. I think if you go out and win the game against Oklahoma State, you are full throttle ahead to get next year, Len. It, it, it really is good for college football when Notre Dame is in the mix. And that's why I think it's so important, important for them to stay independent. I know a lot of people are really pressuring saying, hey, Notre Dame could have been in the top four if they were in a conference. But I think it just brings balance to college football. Uh, and, and it's good. It, it means that Notre Dame is still a brand and a national identity as opposed to being, you know, put into a conference and then regionally defined. And so that's something that we can't control over, we can take control over, but um, I just think that's a positive right now. And of course, the best way to win those arguments is to win football games. And I think uh, that's the challenge that Notre Dame will accept to say that we want to remain independent. We want to win. We want to win the right way. And I think by doing that, you just set an example for all of college football and it will be a place where people want to come and play. And so a lot of excitement here on the campus and, like I said, that January 1st game, a lot of eyes will be watching this program. Mm. And uh, one more thing before we wrap up, Len, I wanted to ask you, I mean, we spoke um, together just on, on private messenger. I believe I messaged you and Spencer Rattler, the quarterback from Oklahoma, announced that he was transferring out. And, and we've kind of spoken about, well, Tyler Butner, he's the quarterback of the future, but he hasn't really progressed in terms of his responsibilities and his, and his snap counts. And today, Pete Sampson of The Athletic also uh, contributed the Irish Illustrated International um, Insider came out and said that Keaton Slovis, the quarterback for USC this year, said that Notre Dame was one of the schools that spoke to him immediately after. This doesn't shock me, Len. Uh, I think you would have expected with with Jack Cohn, of course, leaving this year, that Tyler Buckner would have taken on a greater workload as the games progressed, but he looked like the same sort of gimmicky quarterback that we'd seen. And when you're heading into next season, playing against the likes of Ohio State in Columbus, Clemson and USC, I'm not surprised that uh, Notre Dame are, are alerting this quarterback, quarterback position as a place head in the portal. Um, what do you think about this, not just Keaton Slovis, but this quarterback identity and how uh, not only the quarterback position, but other positions, Notre Dame really need to adapt this transfer portal heading into next season then? Well, the graduate portal has really paid dividends to a lot of teams. Look at Jack Cohn coming to Notre Dame and Kane Madden. You know, it's an instant fix. You bring, you bring old players, you bring leadership, you bring people who know the game. And those are the intangibles that, you know, it takes a young player a little time to, to, to learn. But just a couple of thoughts on, on Slovis is that, you know, Notre Dame needed to reach out and say that there might be an interest. I think Tyler Buckner is going to be the starting quarterback next year, but you don't want him to get complacent. You want him to always have not eyes in the back of his head, but always to be ready for a challenge that he's going to be pushed. You just can't give the keys and say, do it. You know, you need to continue to prepare him and he's still got a lot of work to do. But uh, the other thing is, is that you want to have the, the portal pipeline open, knowing that players, if they enter, they might be able to get to Notre Dame. And if Notre Dame doesn't kind of exercise that, then, you know, players will say, well, Notre Dame's not interested and, you know, they don't go to the graduate transfer portal. So I think it's one is just to kind of stay even with everybody. Everybody's doing it. You have to have your name in there. And anytime you keep your name out there, it's always important to keep the Notre Dame 
on the tip of the tongue of everybody. And so will it come to fruition? I don't think so, but you really need to, to kind of send that message out that hey, we are looking at the transfer portal wire. Yeah, and I think they did that really well last year, of course, um, bringing in Jack Cohn. Uh, for our fans, after the game against Oklahoma State, I think me and Len will do a deep dive more into this recruiting class, but the roster next year. But Len, coming up to Christmas, only if, uh, only about 10 days now, 11 days until that New Year sits game. God, it's going to be great to see Notre Dame in one of those big bowl games, and we'll be back later this week, probably after Christmas, to preview that one. Len, thank you for joining me. It's been great catching up. Feels like returning to normalness, Len. This feels great. Uh, Len Clark uh, from Irish Illustrated and JP McGrath here. Great to talk to you, Len. As always, go Irish. Podcast Network.